Welcome back, listeners, to the Women Living Healthy and Our Purpose podcast. This is episode number eight, and this is your host, Dr. K, bringing you the latest and greatest research on mind-body therapies and holistic and integrative wellness and health. So in today's episode, I'm talking about this interesting topic of how we can lessen the burden of anxiety and stress post-COVID and how mind-body therapies such as yoga and cognitive behavioral therapy and mindfulness-based cognitive behavioral therapy can essentially help bring a sense of calm and help us to get out of our heads and more into being present in our bodies and really tuning into this innate intelligence to help heal our mind and body. And so one of the questions on many people's minds is not just when are things going to return back to normal, but essentially why am I still feeling so nervous and stressed as things are somewhat returning back to normal? And so I think that we all know that we've kind of entered this new norm, but yes, I certainly believe that the coronavirus, this pandemic has added to the burden of mental health for many, especially that of depression and anxiety and chronic stress, and even some studies reporting higher incidence of anxiety disorders, such as PTSD and social anxiety and generalized anxiety disorder. And so although the research is limited, it is still ongoing. And so over the last year, just isolating at home, you know, that was kind of our new normal. And now experts are saying that as we return back into society and we are returning to being outdoors and amongst the company of other people more so, this can actually lead to anxiety for many people. And for many people who had never had any underlying anxiety disorder prior to COVID. So I think our new norm is a part of just taking time and really coming into this gradual approach as we begin to socialize again. However, for many, it may mean that they need intensive approaches for mental wellness. And so, for example, many people who have recovered from COVID-19 may have what we call long-haul COVID-19, and they may deal with chronic symptoms even long after their initial infection, which, of course, can lead to chronic stress and depression and anxiety from just dealing with chronic symptoms. And also, even people who have successfully avoided the virus, they have been affected in many ways as well, such as job loss and financial uncertainty. And even compounding all of this is the backdrop of systemic racism and political struggles. And so according to the American Psychological Association, these factors have all kind of added to this burden of this national mental health crisis that can really potentially yield serious health and social consequences for years and years to come. And so we know that even before COVID-19, like chronic stress and certain anxiety disorders were like already on the rise, especially that in women. And so in 2007, or since 2007, and actually each year, the American Psychological Association, they conduct this survey, and it's called Stress in America. So interestingly, the research this year, or the survey, actually revealed that the COVID-19 pandemic has negatively affected the majority of Americans. And so almost eight out of every 10 adults, about 78%, said that the pandemic was a significant source of stress and anxiety for them. And almost half of adults, 49%, said that the pandemic adversely affected their behavior in some type of way. And so among the most common behaviors that they reported were increased body tension, which is about 21%, 
Being quick to anger, which was about 21, 20%, mood changes, 20%, and yelling at loved ones, 17%. So experts, and as we know, it's natural, it's, I mean, it's, you know, really natural to feel anxious and have a degree of social dysfunction after living through this year of this global pandemic, because I know I have had ex- this experience as well, and just kind of having a little bit of anxiety as we return back to being more socialized and being out. And so I think it's very first and foremost important to know that while most of us kind of have this sense of, you know, a little anxiety from time to time, and especially as we become more social, I think that it's important to note that a person may actually be experiencing something more diagnosable, like an anxiety disorder, such as you know, uh, social anxiety disorder or generalized anxiety disorder or even post-traumatic, you know, stress disorder, when this anxiety or when worrying really becomes excessive and it really begins to interfere with that person's life, you know, their day-to-day life, and it affects them in many different domains. And so I would just highly encourage you that if you've been really feeling anxious and worried most days of the week, and it's really beginning to affect your day-to-day activities, like if you're having trouble controlling your feelings of anxiety, if you're feeling, you know, anger, you're having a good degree of restlessness and a lot of fatigue, you haven't, you're having trouble working or concentrating, or you're really feeling more of this sense of irritation, you know, chronic pain or muscle tension, or it's affecting your sleep. You know, it may be that you need some professional um, advice or connect with a, a trained therapist to get some professional evaluation to see if there is something else going on. And so, again, research is telling us that there is an increase in social anxiety disorder, generalized anxiety disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, and, of course, that of chronic stress. And um, so post-COVID, we're seeing the research is leaning toward that we, you know, these are are increasing, the rates of mental illness are increasing in terms of these types of anxiety disorders. And the thing about it is a lot of these anxiety disorders can occur all at the same time, or they can occur together. And, um, but having either of these conditions really does increase the likelihood that it can further, you know, move into other types of anxiety disorders, such as obsessive compulsive disorder, and, you know, just severe, just not being able to cope and suicidal ideations and so forth. And so it's important to get the help that you need if you are seeing or you are sensing that these symptoms are affecting your day-to-day life. So I think that what is promising is that there has been a lot of new research surrounding mind-body therapies regarding that and its relationship to that of specifically yoga that's been combined with uh, cognitive behavioral therapy and mindfulness cognitive behavioral therapies and also psychotherapy and medical intervention or pharmacological intervention than those being done alone. So there's a lot of research that's showing the improvement of mild, moderate, and severe anxiety and even anxiety disorders such as those I mentioned, PTSD, social anxiety, and generalized anxiety disorder when there is a combination of of relaxation mind-body type of therapies that include yoga that's combined with cognitive behavioral therapy and meditation and mindfulness. And so when we think about 
And this is really my topic of discussion today and looking at the research about, you know, how these um, modalities can help improve the symptoms of especially severe anxiety that we're seeing in a lot of cases. But when we look at cognitive behavioral therapy, this is a goal-oriented approach that can really help individuals find new ways of thinking and new ways of behaving and changing their thought patterns and behaviors that may surround that of uh, whatever is stimulating their anxiety or you know, even their day-to-day challenges and stress and even depression, and it helps people basically cope, you know, with whatever they're dealing with, whether that's complicated relationships or or grief or just any issue that's, you know, common that can be a life challenge. And so almost about 60% of individuals that are currently living with some type of anxiety disorder, they actually seek complementary and alternative medicine or therapies or mind-body therapies. And so there's a growing body of scientific research that's really looking at clinical practices um, and, you know, in applying cognitive behavioral therapy infused yoga as a treatment of all sorts of types of anxiety. And so I think it's important that we understand that no single treatment, of course, is going to work for everyone. And, you know, people may have tried a variety of medications and they may have tried different therapies, you know, before they have actually come to what helps them manage their symptoms um, better. And so... I think that what we commonly see is that, especially with a generalized anxiety disorder and social anxiety disorder, medication alone, a lot of people don't like to take medication because of the side effects. And um, in a lot of cases, the medications don't work alone to control their anxiety. And so they may need, again, these alternative or complementary and alternative therapies, such as mind-body therapies, you know, to kind of help you know, them come into a better state of mental wellness. And so I want to kind of go back now to the question of why am I so nervous, you know, uh, about returning to normal? Or why am I still feeling nervousness? And even if it's beginning to manifest into something more um, that the person's not able to cope or not able to manage themselves. And so when we begin to kind of look at the stress response is what I want to talk about now. And so We know that the human body is this very complex, very just amazing system. And we each have this natural alarm system that protects us from threats or dangers. This is our fight or flight response. And so the nervous system is this network that constantly monitors our internal and our external environment and looks for danger. And um, so over time, what happens is our body alarm system becomes hypervigilant. And you can imagine all of that we deal with on a day-to-day basis is like it's always on overdrive. So it becomes hypervigilant. And what we are doing is that we're essentially teaching the body subconsciously to be afraid. We're teaching the body to fear something that may or may not be inherently dangerous anymore. And so when we are being challenged in some way, then this anxiety is our warning system that, you know, there's potential danger and it prepares us to deal with it through all kind of physiological symptoms. And so I think over the the last year and a half um, dealing with COVID, the messages that we have been giving our bodies about the danger of COVID, you know, and the dangers that exist in the world, after we may not even see that as a threat anymore, the symptoms just don't disappear, right? So our internal alarms 
just don't shut off because, again, we've kind of trained it to be hypervigilant and from constant, 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 you know, stress. And so it's going to still react, you know, as necessary that it thinks that it has to protect us. And so in our minds, we may have this knowledge that, you know, we don't need this protection anymore, right? But if we haven't essentially effectively completed the stress response, or if we're not able to discharge physically this stress that's accumulated from our traumas, then this essentially is going to be held in the body as tension. And it, it holds the, this in our muscles, our tissues, and within our cells. So if we don't release this stress, the stress hormones, you know, in some way, then the energy of it, you know, it gets trapped into the tissues of our body and it begins to play itself out over and over again. And the emotions begin to become trapped and the memory of the traumatic experiences begin to become trapped and it plays itself over and over again. And so we always feel that we're in danger. And so this can affect our functioning at many different levels, right? And so in reality, what we have to do now is basically retrain our bodies to stop reacting to what is no longer a threat. And so that's why practices of yoga are so effective, because now we can get out of our minds and into our body. This is why a lot of times, you know, just pharmacological measures or even, you know, just talk therapy may be ineffective unless we are combining it with some type of mind-body therapy, such as yoga, because we know that stress and anxiety and trauma is affecting not only our minds, it's affecting our bodies as well. So we have to have some way of dealing with that on a body level. And so as we often store threats, or even we all have trauma, whether it's micro or macro trauma, um, and these emotions from that trauma, then yes, we're storing those in our tissues, our muscles and our cells. And especially for those who already have an underlying history of panic disorder, and or abuse or PTSD, or, you know, some kind of uh, major trauma. And um, so essentially, what I have seen in a lot of my practice that I do mind body therapy, is that, you know, a person can essentially even become disconnected from their body and from themselves. And they may just disassociate thinking that the body is no longer a safe place for them to be or that the body has failed them in some some way. So even individuals who have no prior history of an anxiety disorder or a mood disorder can even feel a sense of disassociation or disconnect from their body, especially if they've had a lot of physical symptoms or chronic illness or chronic pain. And, um, and so a person can, you know, perceive their body as unsafe. And so when we think about our thoughts, our emotions and our traumas, then again, they're not just stored in, in the mind. You know, it's going to store itself in the body, which is necessitating this, you know, embodied type of mind-body practice, such as yoga and mindfulness and movement. And now more so that now the research is telling us that yoga combined with cognitive behavioral therapy is very effective at anxiety disorders. And so what we want to do is we want to feel safe again, right? And we can learn how to do that over time. And just as the body can learn to disassociate itself, or just as the body can learn to become afraid or fearful, we can also retrain it and we can help it to learn that it doesn't need to be afraid 
and that we can also learn how to come more in tune with the body. And we can do that effectively through different styles of yoga practice and as well, you know, relax the nervous system. And so that is what, you know, the overall practice of yoga is really eliciting the relaxation response, our parasympathetic response, which is the opposite of the fight or flight response. This allows both the body and the mind to gain that uh, renewed sense of calm and ease. And so as we begin to look at mind-body practices, such as yoga-infused cognitive behavioral therapy, this has really allowed people to really become aware of how there, you know, there is truly a link between their minds and their thoughts and their behaviors and their bodies in a way which can help them become less anxious. And then, therefore, they can replace them with more healthy thoughts and, as well, more healthy um, coping mechanisms. And so... <clears throat> As we begin to look at the research, and it's just showing so much great response, and really, again, looking at the symptoms of increased body tension, which many of us are because of, you know, anxiety that we're feeling, and um, and even behaviors of this of anger and mood changes. And so, you know, many researchers have aimed to further improve looking at especially anxiety disorders and even trauma or PTSD by really improving access to evidence-based treatments now, such as that of yoga-infused CBT protocols and looking at mindfulness-based approaches, this meditation, yoga, and so forth. And, um, and looking at that compared to just medical psychotherapy or pharmacological treatment alone. Right. And so we have long known that yoga helps with anxiety and depression and really helps one to retrain their nervous system and um, just, you know, makes one feel an increased level of mood and brings one back to their home, you know, calm state. And um, so it's now interesting to see all of the science behind these type of therapies and the integration of uh, yoga with uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, um, especially for social anxiety disorder and um, generalized anxiety disorders, which uh, research has shown has really tended to be very resistant to pharmacological interventions and just talk therapy alone. So we know yoga is a very safe practice, it's widely available, it's accessible, and it really has been proven to improve symptoms for many with anxiety. And so it's a valuable tool. If you have anxiety or an anxiety disorder, talk to your provider and see if you can develop a treatment plan where you can combine that of yoga and cognitive behavioral therapy. So when we start looking at the research, and in particular, one qualitative study, there were 36 adults with who had um, anxiety and depression that enrolled into this therapeutic yoga program as an adjunct to that uh, with cognitive behavioral therapy within a group setting. And so what they had found, the researchers found that the subjects actually experienced more engagement with uh, some of the treatment, uh, the psychological treatment that they were receiving when they actually combined the yoga and the cognitive behavioral therapy compared to those being done alone. So we know that cognitive behavioral therapy combined with yoga is really helping in cases of, you know, generalized anxiety disorders. And um, because when we think about it, when they're in a yoga session, for example, they're not really being asked to rationalize their way out of anxiety, right? So they're being given tools that help them to recognize their thoughts and feelings and actions. And that is a part of the combined part of CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy and yoga, where we can be present in the body in the moment and then and really, therefore, begin to challenge our thoughts and feelings and actions that can really lead us to, you know, 
um, coming from this state of anxiety. And uh, we can invoke that of some self-soothing methods to bring us out of that anxiety. And so we basically, when someone is in a yoga session, then they're unconsciously kind of learning how to regulate their stress response and um, their nervous system response, and they are more building their resilience and resistance to stress. And so it may even be more noted to maybe certain types of yoga practice are more effective for certain type of anxiety disorders. And so, you know, there there's many different types of yoga, right? I mean, there's Hatya yoga, there's, you know, Ashtanga yoga, yoga, there's Kundalini yoga, there's so many different types of yoga. So it's important to know, to do your research on which one would may work best for you. But from research, what we're showing is that a lot of the Kundalini based yoga, cognitive behavioral therapy interventions are being are more effective for generalized anxiety disorders. And so for example, in another study, there was uh, 32 adults who had generalized anxiety disorders who were recruited into um, this outpatient clinic to participate in this combined kundalini uh, yoga with cognitive behavioral therapy intervention. And so when we think about kundalini type of yoga, this is a style of yoga that really focuses on awakening the energy um, that we basically know is centered at the base of the spine and also incorporating that of breathing techniques. Like breathing techniques can calm and relax the nervous system just on its own. But when we combine them, so with kundalini um, yoga, this incorporates breathing, uh, physical postures, and also mantras that will provoke this sense of calm, mindfulness in the present moment, and invokes that of relaxation. And so looking at this component, combi component combined with the cognitive behavioral therapy, then the subjects were more aware of their thoughts, and then they were able to practice replacing those thoughts with new ones as they were going through the process of being more connected with their energy and their body in the present moment, and using the breath as well to relax the nervous system and releases some of the anxiety. So in this study, the patients, they showed significant improvement in both their state anxiety, uh, which was that in the given moment, and their trait anxiety, which is more the general tendency toward anxiety on a daily basis. And so they also showed some reduced symptoms of depression, panic, uh, suicide, ideations, and even sleep disturbances. And um, they also showed improvement in sexual function and their overall quality of life. And so in another study carried out by Simon et al. Um, in 2021, they conducted a randomized control trial that looked at uh, the questions of our yoga and cognitive behavioral therapy more efficacious than just psychological control conditions. Like, is yoga um, non-inferior to cognitive behavioral therapy for the treatment of generalized anxiety disorders or so forth? So when they looked at uh, 226 adults in this trial, then what they did find was that uh, the kundalini yoga again and the cognitive behavioral therapy did kind of reduce that of uh, the anxiety that the subjects were feeling, but they also reported that the cognitive behavioral therapy remained more of the first line um, treatment that really supports that of um, anxiety relief, but that that could be combined with yoga. So it's basically what's being said here. And what that means is that 
when if you do have a sense of anxiety or maybe you have a generalized anxiety disorder or any type of other anxiety disorder, social anxiety disorder, it's important that you get a proper evaluation by a trained therapist and that can you know, kind of guide your your treatment plan and, and look at um, combining that of treatments. It may not be that, you know, yoga alone is enough to treat an anxiety disorder, but um, combining that with pharmacological measures perhaps and that of yoga and cognitive behavior therapy may work for some. And um, for others, maybe perhaps just the, the combined yoga therapy with the cognitive behavior therapy will be enough to control, you know, their anxiety. So there's different levels of anxiety, again, mild, moderate, severe. So again, you know, certain practices and treatments work for some and may not work for others. So everybody is unique. So it's important that you understand that yoga in itself does not replace that of treatment for anxiety disorder. Okay, so it's important that you do seek help and so that you can have a plan established for you. So, but we do now know that from research that there is some promise in the research that uh, combining that of cognitive behavioral therapy and yoga, which I do in my practice uh, through yoga therapy, and um, there's, you know, some very promising that maybe even if you have tried pharmacological measures, they didn't work, then yes, there, or even just talk therapy or psychotherapy, there are other options of mind-body therapies that are really showing some promising effects in terms of improving the quality of life and returning you back to mental wellness. So again, if you are having any symptoms of any type of anxiety disorder, remember there are several approaches that are needed to diagnose an anxiety disorder and they can all present differently. Many of them do overlap as I mentioned about generalized anxiety disorder and social anxiety disorder or even PTSD or obsessive compulsive disorder. There's so many. But the main thing is that you, you know, schedule an appointment and get, um, you know, a full medical history workup, get a physical exam, get a psychological evaluation, begin looking at some of the symptoms that may qualify for anxiety. Thank you for listening in to the Women Living Healthy and On Purpose podcast, where it is all about you becoming your very own wellness expert and living your life on purpose. Please, if this was your first time checking in, go ahead and click follow or subscribe. And also come on over to Facebook. We have a private Facebook group for women on this wellness journey and that we can continue our conversations here. And the link is in the show notes. And also visit us at designandwellness.com and subscribe to our email list so you can stay up to date with all we have going on in the community. Thank you again for tuning in.